Welcome to episode 78 of the Zay Coleman Podcast. So today we'll be discussing tonight's uh, slate of a uh, few slates of games. Of course, we're talking about the Heat and the Nets, the Warriors and the Mavs, my personal favorite, the Pistons and the Raptors, and of course, the Lakers and the Clippers. But of, uh, tonight, obviously, we'll talk about Kevin Durant coming back. We'll talk about Luka being on a hot streak and how boring the Lakers Clippers is going to be. Of course, here on the Zay Coleman Podcast. Oh boy, we're going to have a lot to talk about today and even tomorrow when one of these games is going to end up in an upset and one of these games is going to be ended up me being wrong in my predictions. But of course, the first one we're going to talk about naturally is going to be my game, the Detroit Pistons and the Toronto Raptors. Um, the key here, obviously, for me is Marvin Bagley being healthy because he has been an energy piece that Detroit Pistons desperately needed off the bench. And I think even even if he did, even if he wasn't starting the lineup, I think he'd still be uh, putting it, giving the same production. But him doing it off the bench again, it gives us uh, more than enough space for Jimmy Grant, Sadiq Bay, uh, Beast to uh, front court. But also Marvin Bagley being our basically the biggest player on the team naturally gives us you know uh, length off the bench with him, and then Killian Hayes and Kelly Olynyk off the. Uh, is a, a big another big off the bench. I think that like we he is obviously the, probably the most versatile player in this or at least on the bench, the most versatile player on the uh, Detroit Pistons roster. And honestly, if he's playing today, he can match up with a lot of those forwards that the Raptors play with because I feel like they play four hundred forwards every game. But naturally, uh, this matchup obviously is going to be is the top basically two of the top three rookies so far this season in Cade Cunningham and Scotty Barnes. Obviously, K putting up about 16, five and a half, and five assists. Those two Scotty Barnes, about 15, seven and a half, and three assists. Two guys, obviously, that's going to be a cornerstone to their franchises for the uh, for the foreseeable future. Obviously, Cade is probably going to be a Detroit uh, Detroit guy for life. I feel like the team. I think the team is going to do him justice, and he's going he's going to be that guy, and for, for uh, definitely probably for the next decade. The Raptors obviously see a lot in Scotty Barnes because he's basically been like the guy next to Pascal Siakam on this team so far this year. Granted, they have a lot of guys that have been hooping. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet. Of course, uh, Gary Trent Jr. has been one of the bigger surprises. Not even surprises, but one of the bigger, uh, probably one of the more underrated seasons so far this year. Obviously, OG Ananobi. Granted, he's had some injury uh, stuff, but he, uh, granted, for the most part, he's definitely been pretty uh, decent. Uh, Preston Jachua is essentially the sixth man on his team. Is even again isn't putting up the the crazy numbers you expect for somebody that's like positioned pretty high on the team. He's still like I said, he's given a he's given good enough production as as at least as a guy who's basically filling Pascal Siakam minutes. Um, granted, like I said, this team is not very deep. Unfortunately, they don't run guys like Malachi Flynn or. David Johnson, Delano Banton, as as much as you would like for them to, because especially for Delano Banton, he fits this team to, basically to a T, a six eight guy, six nine guy that can that can run the floor, handle the basketball, play defense, basically plays one through four. I would like to see him get more playing time. Maybe he'll play today if Toronto's beating Detroit by thirty or vice versa, but chances are probably not. I feel like this game is going to end up being close. I don't. See Detroit taking the uh, the game here only because I want like they're probably they're definitely want to position themselves in the tank. They've been winning games actually pretty recently, and even had a, a close one against Boston that could have gone either way. But absolutely, am 
definitely looking for this to be a close game. I say Toronto maybe takes this by three. I, just, I feel like this is somewhat of a like a Washington situation where Detroit has it makes one major mistake that cost them in the end, and that's kind of the and it's the basically the mistake that gives Toronto the edge. Of course, the next one we're going to be talking about the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets to, uh, tonight. The major uh, the major story here is Kevin Durant. Basically, the KD return game. This is KD's first game in God knows how long. It's been almost a month and a half, two months since we've seen one of the best scores of all time, maybe even the best score of all time. In a in a in just in a uniform. Obviously, didn't get to play the All Star game, unfortunately. And Brooklyn has sorely missed him through. Uh, even with Kyrie back, and sorely missed him in the like just being that seven foot guy that they can give it to on the, whether on the block or even on the elbow, and let him go to work. Because that's Kevin Durant's game in a nutshell. Or you don't even have to give him the ball. You just take the ball. He'll just go all the way to the basket. This man's Kevin Durant absolutely is, again, I will say, again, probably the best scorer that's ever existed in the NBA. And you can argue with me all you want about anybody else. But Kevin Durant is seven feet tall doing this. Doing stuff that six-foot point guards can barely do. is is ridiculous. But, um... Uh, also, want to uh, take a note: the Miami, of course, has been eight and two in their last ten. Obviously, they lost to the Bucks last night, which we talked about earlier. Could have gone, really could have gone either way. Honestly, Miami deserved to win that game, but at the end of the day, you win some, you lose some. They lost last night, could win tonight, could lose tonight. Really, was it won't hurt my opinion of the Miami Heat. Obviously, they're still a really good team, and I'm fully expecting this team to go deep down in, in the playoffs. Same with Brooklyn, if healthy. I feel like the big, uh, big three, I guess two and a half, since Kyrie technically still can't play home games. I can see this that team, again, granted, like I said, the Kyrie situation is basically what's going to do, like, hold them back in a sense of maybe they aren't as contenders if Kyrie can't play three out of the seven games, because Brooklyn will probably be a lower seed just because of how they played lately. There will be, obviously, win games with Ben and, and uh, KD back. But I do definitely see them potentially being, like, the fifth or sixth seed in the Eastern Conference just because Miami's playing so well. Chicago, I feel like, is still going to keep that spot. Even, like, Milwaukee, definitely, that win last night with Miami definitely cemented them as guy, as a team that you shouldn't sleep on despite them winning the championship last year. Even a team like Cleveland, granted, Cleveland has slipped a bit in the last four, four or five games, and they might end up falling. That might be the, the one team that I think Toronto or, sorry, Brooklyn could uh could surpass in the Eastern Conference. Cleveland might finish as the fifth or sixth seed. But either like that's even that is a tough call because Cleveland will definitely be having those Detroit games, Orlando games, Indiana games, Houston games. Like they're they're going to be facing those level teams where Cleveland might ink out a free a free win just because they're playing a team that's trying to get the top five pick. But also in another note, Brooklyn, of course, contrary to Miami, to an eight in their last ten, but also uh, have a win against Milwaukee in their last ten, as opposed to Miami losing to Milwaukee last night. So Brooklyn, like I said, Brooklyn again, especially with Kevin Durant back, is not a team that you want to sleep on. I'm not going. I'm not going to count out Kevin Durant. I'm not going to count out uh, 
Patty Mills. <laughs> to be honest, this team, this team definitely. I mean, like the team obviously got deeper, but I'm not necessarily saying this team got better. And until Ben Simmons gets it back, they got shooting, they got a big man, but I don't think either of them. Really, Andre Drummond has been disappointing since he's been in Brooklyn. He had the one game, but I feel like overall has been kind of a letdown to to be honest because like he was such a, a valuable piece as an, as an add-on into this into the trade but honestly has been he's been okay but again not what we expect no not people expected out of him since he, when he got to Brooklyn Seth Curry has absolutely been great since he got to Brooklyn and honestly has been great for a few years if, if we're being really honest with each other naturally uh like I said, getting 30-point-per-game scored and Kevin Durant back obviously helps the situation. Let's not pretend it doesn't. Even Patty Mills having a career at, what, 34, 35 years old is obviously a helpful situation to a team that's missing a point guard and a big man in Ben Simmons. So, you obviously, you take your, you take your wins with your losses, basically. Um, but, again, I do have... I still do have Miami inking this one out just because it, a it's KD's first game, so I don't expect him to go for fifty. But I also don't expect them to just lie down. I fully expect this to be a close game, but I think this is a the Jimmy Butler uh, revenge game because Jimmy Butler obviously had the absolute atrocious game last night, and I think Jimmy Butler does bounce back. This is a, a Jimmy Butler slash Tyler Hero game because the Nets defense off the bench. Is horrendous, but I will absolutely, like I said, Tyler Hero might eat that bench alive if you know, given the, the 30 minutes that we're accustomed Tyler Hero to seeing. Um, I will also say that Brooklyn again, Miami doesn't really lose a whole lot if they do lose to Brooklyn here because again, you're probably going to lose to Kevin Durant dropping 40 if that's the case. But Brooklyn dropping another game does not necessarily hurt or help them either. Even though, like I said, the standings in these conferences are that close to where even one loss might might deter might be such an important thing come mid April when oh you're trying to fight for the sixth seed or seventh seed or you're basically six seventh seed fighting each other for a non playing spot and you know Brooklyn oh they lost by to Miami by one and that might be the difference and boom now you got to play like Charlotte in the first round which granted Charlotte has been absolutely atrocious and uh. Then last what month, but the team that you still can't sleep on because boom they beat the Cavs last night by twenty five. So I'm not I don't know how uh how uh, Brooklyn would feel about playing a team like that in a playing round where you only need one game to win. It's not like you need uh it's not a seven game series to get to the first round. You only, literally is just one game or, or in Charlotte's case two. And I don't like I said it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see down the road. What a game like this uh, tonight is going to do for both teams, especially for Miami fighting for the first seed with Chicago. And I guess you can put Milwaukee in that conversation too. Philly also. Philly, like I said, Philly is probably in that conversation as well. But you never know. Speaking of, t- of uh, teams fighting for the one seed, the Golden State Warriors have not been great in their last uh, in last, last 10. Um Obviously, this is the Warriors and the Mavs. We've t- uh, talked. They played recently, actually on uh, Sunday. That was the game where uh, basically Spencer Dinwiddie turned into God and got off the bench, and basically gave the uh, base, gave the Mavs a crucial win against the Warriors. So now the Warriors are looking for their revenge. Obviously, um, still missing Draymond Green, unfortunately, because Draymond, I believe, is still doing uh, a calf injury. 
which is unfortunate because Draymond Green, again, is like the heart and soul of this team and is the guy that makes this unit go. But they're just one Curry 40-point game away from being back to where they were. Like, I'm again, I'm not I'm absolutely never counting the Warriors out. I would personally would like the Phoenix Suns to be the, the team that, like, you know, wins this year. But obviously the Warriors are a, te- like a god, this god mode team, especially if Draymond Green is back. Now, of course, I don't think you no know, Draymond Green has not played since Clay Thompson. He did uh did start but didn't play the game. Obviously, he just wanted to be on the floor with, for his boy. But realistically, I don't think he's he's going to be. He probably won't be. I wouldn't want to bring him back in the regular season. I I feel like the Warriors are good enough to where they'll keep home court advantage for uh at bare at bare minimum home court at honestly at their peak getting the first seed, but. Especially if he, I don't know, because Phoenix did win by thirty last night without CP or Devin Booker. So the team, the, I feel like Phoenix is definitely they're just that good that they don't necessarily need a uh, a bit or they don't need their stars to you know get decent wins. So probably a two seed for the Warriors in in reality. I do, but even then, two seed and you get Draymond Green back. Home court advantage for at least the first two rounds of the playoffs. Trust me, the Warriors would absolutely take that any day of the week, even if it means keeping Draymond out for another what six weeks, even healthy or not, keeping him out for six weeks absolutely does. I mean, granted the rust is there, but Draymond Green isn't a guy that feeds off of shot, you know, his shot going in. So really, again, does not matter whatsoever for Draymond Green. But on the Dallas Mavericks side, quietly. Four and two since um they've tra- they traded Porzingis for uh with Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertans who both have been pretty decent so far with Dallas especially it's been to Dinwiddie um one of those games is again a two point loss at the Clippers so it's not it could that could have gone either way it could very easily be five and one um Dallas or sorry Luca has been absolutely ridiculous averaging about thirty five and a half a game in that in that stretch you know absolutely. Luca is going to torch the Warriors again. Let's be honest. Luca is that guy where he will torch any offense, any defense, no matter the situation. He did it against the Lakers. He's done it against the Clippers. He's done it against Denver. He's done it against uh, Detroit, or he did it in Utah. Like he's he's or like I said, he will scorch any defense known to man, and and he's going he's probably going to do that to the Warriors again. Granted, like the Warriors are probably going to put GP two on him at least at the start. Maybe they switch Wiggins onto him, but reality, I don't think either of them can really check Luca consistently. They'll probably get him once or twice, but reality, I don't see them going too uh too far into getting a a Luca less than thirty. If he comes back and he only has twenty seven. My bad, y'all. Uh, if he's uh twenty seven, then y'all can y'all can uh y'all can uh, roast me on the podcast about it. But in reality, I think Luca does absolutely go for thirty tonight, and it ends in the Dallas Mavericks W. Yes, I'm calling Dallas to beat Golden State tonight. Again, a loss like this doesn't hurt Golden State. A win for Dallas absolutely helps their situation, especially a team that's basically looking to getting home court advantage in the playoffs. I know they're in a dog fight with Utah. In Memphis, for that matter, Memphis low key could get the two seed if we're being honest with each other. 
But I'm absolutely – and like I said, either way, I'm, we're just pushing for a good playoffs. But at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a Dallas Mavericks W only because Luka is going to go absolutely bonkers against the Golden State Warriors again. Editor Zay here. Um, completely forgot that I had a whole nother segment of the podcast left talking about the Lakers Clippers. But it was supposed to be a comedy segment just saying how boring this game is going to be because let's be honest – Nobody cares about the Lakers. Nobody cares about the Clippers without Kawhi and, and uh, PG. So, like I said, hoping for a Luke Kennard banger because that's about all you're going to get out of this game, to be honest. LeBron's going to drop 35. Russ Westbrook is going to turn the ball over. And the Lakers bench is going to combine like 16 points. All right. We'll let y'all uh, – we'll end the podcast on that on that one, of course. I know, down or note, but like I said, let's be honest. Nobody's really caring about the Lakers and Clippers. Probably should have put that one in the middle. As like a smoke break to the Public Enemies podcast. Shout out. Um, if you missed the previous 77 episodes of the podcast, you can check them out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and of course right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye.